This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad you are here today. If you are here as a guest from for a family member, maybe who's getting baptized, we just want to welcome you again. We are so honored to have you here today. We could think of no better way to celebrate this weekend than to raise dead people to life, to let the old wash away and bring the new back to life. And and we, we've we've been in ministry since we got married. We've been in ministry for 18 years. And we've seen crowds of people get baptized. But I gotta be honest, I have never been to a baptism where there are over 30 people getting baptized. And so I don't know what God is doing literally over the weekend as one person after the next, after the next, after the next was, they were registering. We were just like, just laughing like, God, what are you doing? What is God up to? We don't know, but we're excited to be a part of it. We're excited that you are getting baptized. We have moms and dads taking a stand for their family. We've got adults and young adults and teenagers and kids professing their faith in Jesus today. We're just, ex- we're just excited today. We're just excited about what God is doing. We're glad that you are here to be a part of it. We've been in a series called The Ghost. And today I, I get the honor of concluding this series talking about a spirit-filled life. So we've talked about who is the Holy Spirit? What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? And today we get to talk about what does a spirit-filled life look like? And depending on your church background, uh, you may have some very strong opinions about what this means. We might have to uh, revisit some scripture that is new for you. So to to talk about a spirit-filled life, I have a question to start off with. And my question to each of us today is, where is it you go when you need help? What, What is the source of power you go to when you need help? And, and the thing is, we probably don't really know the answer to that question because we all tend to go somewhere when we need a power that is beyond ourselves. When we need a power that is beyond ourselves, we essentially need help. And we tend to go somewhere for that help. We, we need something that can influence us, that we can be under the power of that influence for the help that we need. For some people, maybe we need, we need help to know what's going to come. So we need, some, we need some help. We need something that is more powerful than where I am right now. So maybe it's a horoscope you go to, something like that. Maybe, maybe the help we need, maybe the help you need in the moment, the power that you need beyond yourself, maybe it's actually found in alcohol. Maybe that's the influence you prefer to be under. Well, what is the help that alcohol offers? Well, some people say, it helps me go to sleep. Some people say, it helps me relax. Some people say it helps me tolerate my in-laws. Some people say it helps me get through the family reunion weekend. Some people say it helps me have a personality. Some people say it helps me have a sense of humor. This is literally what people say, yes? When, when people drink and they are under the influence, it is because of the help that the alcohol offers. It is because of the influence they are under that they like. That it can do something for them that they cannot do on their own. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe it's walking up to a person that it empowers them to do something they could not do on their own. What kind of influence? And here's the thing about influence and power is that, that when you are under an, an influence, that influence has power over you. We live in an age where we literally have influencers. Sometimes they work for news stations. We call them news anchors, but really there are also influencers. 
social media influencers, they are paid a lot of money to influence us to behave a certain way, to spend money a certain way, to dress a certain way, to make certain videos and whatnot. There are lots of influencers out there who are influencing us, who have a power over us. And to be honest, some people need to go to these things. It may be drugs, it may be alcohol, maybe social media addictions, it may be a variety of things, but sometimes there's an element where there's a really real thing where, where this substance has the power of relieving some sort of pain in our lives. Maybe there's a, a sort of pain that we're not even really aware of what it is, but there's something that when we're under an influence of something else, we actually have a sort of amnesia and we forget about that pain for a moment. So what kind of power are we under? What is influencing us? And I want you to, to look at this verse. It's in Ephesians 5.18 and it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. And I know if you're a fellow smart aleck in the room, you're like, well, it doesn't say beer and it doesn't say liquor. <laughs> it doesn't actually say drugs, but you know, let's make an inference here, church. Like we wrap it all together. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. And y'all know what? We, we had somebody reach out to us a few weeks ago and they have been freed from an addiction for years and they got free through a program called Narcotics Anonymous and they moved out to this area from San Antonio and they went to an NA group in San Antonio and there were several out there and the closest one they could find was in New Braunfels but there was nothing in this area and this lady was saying I actually have other moms reaching out to me to see if there were any Friday were in eight groups in this area so they asked if they could meet in our church office and so last Friday was their first meeting they had 37 people come the first night for a narcotics anonymous and I just want to stop here and say some of you this is your story this is actually your story. Your life was being ruined by something that had a power over you. And I just want to celebrate you and honor you in your walk, in your journey of sobriety. Maybe you did the 12 steps. Maybe you did celebrate recovery. But somehow God in his sovereignty and his goodness and his kindness has pulled you out and you, you are living a life of freedom. We honor you. We celebrate you for that today. And honestly, maybe you are the one who broke that curse over your family. You're saying it's not going to be passed down anymore past me. Like it stops with me and we commend you for that. Check out the next part of this verse. So it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. But, suspense, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. So don't be drunk on wine because that's going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be under the influence of that spirit. Let that spirit have power over you because the other stuff, it will ruin your life. But there is a, a will that God has for us that we are actually filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says this. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. In other words, you can only be influenced by one source. And today I hope that you will choose to be under the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit. One that will not ruin your life, but instead give you life and give life to all of those around you. So what does it look like to live a spirit-filled life? Let's look at what it says here. Jesus, when he was on the earth, he promised us the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus made a promise. He said, I know that you want me to stay, but it's actually better for you that I leave because when I leave, the Holy Spirit will come. And in Acts chapter two is the fulfillment of this promise from Jesus. And it's in Acts chapter two, verse one through four. And it says the day of Pentecost arrived when they were all in one place. And all of a sudden there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as fire appeared to them and they rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. We too can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. A lot of people wanna ask, and this is actually highly debated in churches. If you've been in church for a minute, you know this debate. If you are new here, I just wanna share some church history with you for a moment is do you have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And Pastor Landon preached this message last week on spiritual gifts, and the answer is no, you don't have to speak in tongues. This was evidenced in this moment, but you don't have to speak in tongues. If you want the full message, that's available to you from last week's message. But after this happened, after this happened in Acts chapter two, some were actually asking, as we talk about being under the influence, some were actually asking, what does this mean? And then some people were even mocking them, saying that they were under the influence of alcohol. Some were even making fun of them and saying that they were drunk before mimosas were a thing. And Peter said, they're not drunk. It's still morning time. This is before mimosas were a thing. Before day drinking was like wildly accepted. He said, they're not, they're not drunk on wine. They're filled with the Spirit filled with the spirit, a spirit filled life is what we're talking about today. And when you are filled with the spirit and you're under the influence of the spirit, there is a certain kind of boldness that comes with that. There's a certain kind of conviction, a certain kind of courage, a certain kind of God confidence. The Bible tells us in John 14 that the Holy Spirit will give you the right words at the right time. We need some more of that around here. So what does living a spirit filled life look like? A spirit-filled life is every day walking with Jesus, step by step, day by day, walking with Jesus. It's a kind of grace that empowers you as you live your life to do what you cannot do on your own. It, it's, a, it's a power that helps you live beyond yourself. When I was a teacher many years ago, I'm old enough to have multiple adult lives at this point. So back in my pre-kid life, when I was a high school teacher, was working on an assignment with kids about writing persuasive papers or argumentative papers, something like that. And the kids actually got into this really great discussion. It was one of these really sharp classes where it was just a really fun, lively, loud chemistry of kids. And they were talking about controversial topics and they would take different sides and they, and they would each defend the side. And then this amazing thing began to happen in this junior English classroom is that the students began debating the topic of abortion. And as the students began to debate the topic of abortion, this incredible thing happened where one side would say something to argue their position, and, and the miracle was that the other side listened, and they were thoughtful, and then they responded. And then another miracle, this side would listen, and they were thoughtful, and they responded. And it was actually a really healthy, uh, like, debate that was going back and forth. So I just kind of let this go for a little bit. I was just kind of monitoring and they were having this debate and then a spirit filled life, just Jesus, the Holy Spirit doing for me what I cannot do on my own. One of the gifts of the spirit is a word of knowledge. I could not have done this on my own. And we were sitting there and although this was going on, a, a word dropped in my head 
That was not a thought of my own. It was a thought that the Holy Spirit put in my head. And the thought was, somebody in here has been deeply impacted by abortion. And this is not going well for them. And so I was like, okay. So I started like to bring the conversation in, wrapping it in grace, forgiveness, healing, tough journey, all those things, like trying to soften it a little bit and bring the conversation to an end. The bell rings, kids dismiss. There's one student at the back of the room and she's sobbing. She's got her head at her desk. She's just crying. And I was like, okay, Lord, I, I heard you in that moment. I don't know what's next. I had probably crossed lines already as a government employee. And so I, I just took the student, I, I hugged her and I asked her what was going on. And I didn't know at that moment if, if maybe a friend of hers or a sibling or uh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what the context was for her specifically. But she told me in that moment when I gave her a big hug, she told me that, that she had just found out that she was pregnant like last week. And then her dad had forced her to have an abortion. And she was, she was, she was hurting. She was broken. She was sad. She was, she was hurting. And so I just hugged her and I just crossed more lines as a teacher and I prayed with her, talked to her about Jesus. We were youth pastors at the time. I invited her to, to a youth service. And I, over the course of the months, we saw God totally transform her life. She gave her heart to Jesus and she went from a child who was in the, in the goth and dark hair and dark makeup and dark clothes and, and was cutting and just was in a, just a deep place of darkness. And God set her free. God freed her from demonic oppression. See this? God brought life to her. We literally saw her brighten up her whole countenance. I would see this, this, this student like bounce into my room and I'm like, who is that? I could hardly recognize her. God had totally transformed her life. And that's not a story about me because I couldn't have done that on my best day. That's a spirit filling us to do that which we cannot do on our own. And I don't know about you, but I need Jesus because I myself on my own am not enough. I am not enough. Zechariah 4, 6 says it this way. It says, this is the word of the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I couldn't have willed that into happening. I couldn't have been powerful enough for that. That was God's spirit in that moment for that student to set her free, to give her a community of other teenagers to walk alongside her as she learned what it was to be a Christ follower. That was the spirit of God meeting her in that moment. And I don't know about you, but we need God more now than ever before. We need him to help us in our decisions. We need him to help us in our marriages. We need him to help us in our parenting. We need the spirit of God. We need to be filled with the spirit because we need God. So today, as we talk about a spirit-filled life, we need to be filled with God's spirit because we need God. We need a move of God that's not forced. We need a, a move of God that is only by his Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says this, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talks. Amen. That's good news. It says, but, but it is living by God's power. It's not a lot of, the kingdom of heaven is not about a lot of talk. It's not ideas and beliefs. It's not just talk, but it's of power. And this word power is a Greek word. That the definition is literally supernatural strength and ability. Supernatural strength strength and ability. And when we live with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have access to that supernatural power and ability. 
Acts chapter one, verse eight is this interesting verse. And it's interesting because this is the last place in the Bible where we have the red letters. The red letters are the words from Jesus. If you have the red letter edition, that is. Not all of them are. But these are the last words we have from Jesus before he ascends into heaven. So this is after Jesus is crucified. This is after the resurrection. And there are eyewitness accounts, many of them, that saw and talked to and spent time with Jesus in human form after the resurrection. He was on earth for about 40 days. And this is the last moment before the ascension, the last words Jesus said. And this is what he says here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So if these are the last words Jesus says to us before he ascends into heaven, we should take note of it. Because it's probably important for us to know. It says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And so my message for us today is simply that there is more. There is more available to us as we live out our daily lives. There, there is more. Acts chapter 19 says this. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Then he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? It's kind of fun on Baptism Sunday to talk about this. He's saying, what baptism did you receive? What were you immersed in? And they said, John's baptism. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. It's of salvation, basically. There's, a, there's one baptism that is a baptism of repentance. There is a baptism that is of salvation. And that's what we're celebrating after church today. And that's an amazing thing to celebrate. In fact, if you are here today and you, even if you didn't register, you could decide right now that you want to be baptized. It's a, it's a, it's a declaration of your faith. So there's that baptism. He says, it's a baptism of repentance. And he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. And it goes on. It says, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So you don't have to speak in tongues. That's not the only evidence of a spirit-filled life. That was true for them in this moment, but it's not the only way. But we are going to have a prayer time down here at the end of service, and we will lay hands and we will pray for you. But that's one baptism that is described, and he goes on in Acts chapter 8 for the, to describe the same baptism of salvation. He says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed Christ there. When they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. That's a baptism of salvation. That's available for you today. Today's like a one-stop shop. That's available for you today. And then look at this in Acts chapter 8. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, they had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So there's this picture of a second baptism. And some would say, is there a second baptism? Well, if there's a second, then maybe there's a third and a fourth. And it's interesting to know that, that, that the way the language is used here, the being filled with the Holy Spirit is, we're used to past, present, and future tense in our language. This was a present, ongoing tense. It meant maybe you are filled with the Holy Spirit, but you are to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And so we're going to have an opportunity today in our response time at the end of the service. We're going to have prayer partners down here. And even if you have received the power of the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you to come down and be filled yet again. Because we need to constantly be connected to the source of God's power. And I remember in my own personal childhood, the kind of church I grew up in, Pastor Landon has shared quite a bit about his childhood church experience. And it was a spirit-filled environment. And he was used to seeing the power of the Holy Spirit um, in church services. I did not. I went to a very good church. They loved God a lot. They loved me a lot. They loved my family a lot. But it was not a spirit-filled church. It was a, it was a good church, not a spirit-filled church. And I remember the first time I I got to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. I was a teenager and I went to a spirit-filled youth camp. And I saw God move in power in ways that I had never seen before. I saw people healed. I saw saw miracles happen before my eyes. I I felt people pray for me and I felt electricity coming from their hands as they prayed for me. And I remember this moment where I was like, how come I've never seen this before? Why didn't anybody tell me? You mean this has been available my whole life and we just have church every week like God's not really doing something? Like this is available? Who's been holding out on me? I'm like, I want to know who's accountable. <laughs> why have we been having church like this? You mean there's been more available to me? And yet we're, why don't we have church like this? And once I experienced for myself that there was more, that there's a power of the Holy Spirit that can fill us, I couldn't just go back to church as normal. Not long after that, when I graduated high school and moved to Lubbock for college, we found ourselves at a church who the pastor of that church is now one of our overseers. It's fun how God does those things. But I found myself in a church service for the very first time that was spirit-filled. And it was a church a lot like ours where people were excited to be there, not just happy to be there, but they were like excited to celebrate the living God. Like they had seen God move on their behalf throughout the week. I remember one of the first services we were there, a lady was talking about how she heard from God and God answered one of her prayers and she was shouting and praising, everybody was clapping. And I was like, this is amazing. This is the kind of church I wanna go to where people are hearing from God and God is moving on their behalf and miracles are happening. It was a spirit-filled environment and it forever changed my life. I wanna share this analogy with you. It's a Christmas tree analogy. Like Halloween can get out the way so we can move on for the other holidays, right? Imagine, imagine there's a Christmas tree and it's lit, very pretty, and there are beautifully wrapped gifts underneath. And maybe you're just a child and you come downstairs at 5 a.m. because kids don't play on Christmas. And the whole house is dark because 5 a.m. you should still be in bed. Nonetheless, you're coming downstairs and the house is dark except for this beautifully lit tree and all these nice gifts wrapped under the tree. And you're there, and and at this point, your family's gathered around, and, and these presents are for you, and you open one of the gifts, and it's amazing. It's the perfect gift. It's all you wanted. It's all that you needed. You open this gift, and it's available to you, and then you just stop. You're like, I don't want to open the other gifts. This one is the only one that I need, but there, there are more gifts available for you. That first gift is like salvation. It's great. It's really all you need. It secures your spot in heaven. You are committed. It's a life where there is more available. But a life filled with the power of the Holy Spirit is a life where there is more available to you. I want to share this verse with you in Ephesians chapter 4, 
Verse 30, it says, in the message translation, it says, don't grieve God, don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. So this is a gift that is available to you. And this is really the journey of every believer that we have an opportunity for more. We can walk with Jesus, yes, let's do that. But to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit means that there is more available to us. And that gift is available to you today. And we're going to pray for that. And we can, we can ask God and, and ask to receive that gift of more through the power of the Holy Spirit filling us today at the end of our, store, uh, at the end of our service. Lanon graduated from Christ for the Nations. It's a Bible institute. It is a spirit-filled place. Our students actually went to camp there this summer. And when he graduated from the institute, our families came up to celebrate his graduation. And because you know how church folks be like, we get together for graduation, but we're going to have a little church too. So this graduation ceremony was like a little bit of church and a little bit of graduation. And so they started off with some praise and worship and, and people were just having a really good time in the Lord and celebrating. And my little brother's with me and he was probably like 17 or 18 and he Grew up in the same church I did, so he wasn't used to this kind of spirit-filled environment. And it's not just about the energy. It's about the spirit in the room where people have had encounters with God. God has been using them throughout the week and speaking to them and moving in their lives. And so we're in this environment, and he, like, taps me on the shoulder, and his eyes are filled up, and his chin's quivering. You know, he's not going to cry, but he, he was, like, in that, in that moment. And he's like, why why don't we ever go to church like this? And I was like, I know, like, it's amazing. But it changed, it impacted him. He, he felt the same way, like, you mean there's more? You mean there's more than just showing up, singing some songs and going home? Like, there's more? Yes, there's more. Yes, there is more available to us. And, and I remember feeling like, after I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit for the first time, I remember feeling like, like kind of the analogy of being at a sports game like maybe like a big arena kind of sports game. And, and I had been a spectator. I'd been in, the, been in the environment. I was there and I could watch it and I could cheer on everything happening. And, and I got to kind of be in the room, stand. To, but to live a life with the power of the Holy Spirit was like going from the stands to getting to be on the field. Like it's great to be on the field and, and maybe even the sidelines is fun, but it's really fun to get to play. Like you get to be in the game. Like God has more for you. He wants to take you from just the stands of a spectator kind of faith to fill you with his Holy Spirit and get in on the action that God has for you and for your life. So a couple of things as we talk about living a spirit-filled life. How do we live a spirit-filled life? And I just have three thoughts for us this morning. The first thing is to remove the barriers that keep us from all that God has for us is to remove the barriers that keep us from all that God has for us. Because we tend to avoid what we don't know or what we don't understand. And let's be honest, church people can make stuff weird. We're really good at it. We're really good at taking normal stuff and kind of making it weird. Anybody ever go to a Hallelujah Night as a kid? Like we can take normal things, we can make it kind of weird. Uh, and then we gave these same people access to like making TV shows and now they have Instagram accounts and it can be quite entertaining. And so sometimes we don't even understand it, so we tend, tend to avoid it. But look what it says in James chapter 1, verse 7. It says, every good and perfect attitude is from above. 
Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. So if the Holy Spirit is a gift of more from God, it's a gift that we can trust. It is a gift that is good. I remember thinking as a teenager that I wanted to fully surrender my life to God, but I was afraid he'd make me the weirdo. I I was afraid that the Holy Spirit, if I really surrendered to the power of God in my life, that he would ask me to stand on the lunch tables and preach to people and I would become the weirdo and I don't want to be the weirdo. I want to let you know that being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit will not make you a weirdo. He's a good God and he gives good gifts and you can trust him and you you can receive all that he has for you. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children. You and your children. We're celebrating today those who are parents who are making this decision today because that's the kind of faith that's going to be passed on to your kids. So it says the promise for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all for whom the Lord our God will call. So maybe one of the barriers that we can get past to receive the Holy Spirit is that we need to repent. I know it's hard to get fired up about repenting. You're like, yes, I'm a sinner. I need to repent. But maybe we do need to repent. Maybe we need to repent for our apathy, just not really even caring. Maybe it's apathy we need to repent for. Maybe it's it's our pride that leads us to be controlling, where we're not going to surrender to God because we need to be in control because we know, we feel like we know what's best for ourselves. Like we're not going to trust God. I'm going to trust me because I believe in me better. So maybe it's a pride we need to repent for. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's a fear of what the Holy Spirit would do in our lives. Maybe it's just straight up rejection. Maybe based on that fear, we've rejected the Holy Spirit. We can repent for rejecting the Holy Spirit in our lives. It may be bad doctrine. It may be unbelief, but somewhere in there, a barrier could be that we need to repent for past held beliefs. So removing barriers is the first thing and living a spirit-filled life. And the second thing is to ask God for all that he has for us. It's that, re, it's that filling and the being refilled. And maybe today this is a moment for you as well. And you can come down and you can pray a prayer of repentance. You can pray a prayer of salvation. And maybe this is going to be a moment. I would encourage every single one of you to take a step today where you just ask God to give you all that he has for you. Because here's a thought for you is that all that I have is not all that God has. God has more than I have. He can can give me anything that he wants or needs to. Am I going to be open to it? Am I going to live a life surrendered to receive all that he has for me? There's this really neat prophetic picture in the Old Testament in the book of Ezekiel. I want to walk you through this. This is really a, a neat picture of the journey of every believer. It's a continued journey that we get to be on with the Lord as he continues to fill us. And it's Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 47. And it says this, it says, As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, and then he led me through the water that was ankle deep. So if you can imagine, this is like a word picture, and, and, and somebody walks out into the water, and they are only ankle deep. Maybe this, for, for some of us, is a picture of salvation. Like, I'm in, I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sins. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I am in. Another thousand cubits, and he led me. You are in up to your ankles. And then it goes on, and it says, he measured off another thousand cubits, and he led me through the water that was knee deep. Maybe knee deep, you're like, hey, I'm in. 
there's salvation. I'm serving. I serve on the dream team. I've devoted my life to raising up the next generation. I, I'm going to use my gifts and talents to serve the Lord. I am in up to my knees. Like I am in, but only this far. And then look what it says after that. He measured off another thousand. And he led me through water that was up to the waist. Hey, waist deep. Waist deep. We live around a lot of rivers. A lot of us are river rats come summertime. And you know when you're in a river, if it's up to your waist, you can, you can, you can get that stance. Where you're like, you brace yourself. And you're like, this current ain't taking me nowhere. And I think sometimes we get into our relationship with Jesus and we, we do this. There's the river of the Holy Spirit that wants us just to surrender and let go and, and be fully immersed in it, fully baptized in the Holy Spirit. And yet we go just so far and then we plant our feet and take a stance and say, this current ain't taking me nowhere. I'm gonna take a stance. And maybe that stance even turns to a point of it, it being rebellion or disobedience to what God is calling us to do, but we've got our stance and we are not going to be moved not fully yielded. And then the the story goes on and it says, he measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one would cross. There is more. Whether you are ankle deep, knee deep, or waist deep, I'm here to tell you today that there is more available for you, that God has more for you that God desires for you to live a spirit-filled life, fully surrendered to him. And so my prayer for you today is that you take a step Wherever you are in this picture is that you take a step today and maybe that step is I'm gonna lift my hands for the first time. Maybe that step is receiving Jesus as your savior. Maybe that step is to be filled with the Holy Spirit or just refilled again. Maybe that step for you is baptism, but take a step today a little deeper out into the water of walking with Jesus, that spirit-filled life. Take a step, just don't stay where you are. I like to think about it this way. Like if I could ask you a question, I would say, would you give us a year of your life? What does that mean? Like what would your life look like if for one year you committed to all the things that Jesus does through this church? Like what if you committed when 21 days of prayer comes up? And what if you committed to a small group? And and what if you committed to serving on the dream team? What would your life look like a year from now? What would it look like to trust God with your finances and tithe 10%? Like to say, God, I really trust you. That's great when you say it, but the proof is in the pudding when you tithe, when you you release it, when you let it go. What would it look like to trust God with your time, your talent, your treasure, to really release it to God? What would your life look like a year from now if you really gave God your all? If you took that step out into the water and you went past the ankle deep and you went past the knee deep, past the waist deep to where you could swim in it, what if you were to do that for a year? How differently would your life look in just 12 months from now? It's a, it's a picture of being totally surrendered. Lynn and I are both from West Texas. All of our kiddos, by the way, they're only three, uh, but all of them are South Texas babies. They've been raised, going to the river and all that kind of stuff. And years ago, we had them at uh, the Guadalupe River and Bradley was like 21 months old. He was not yet two. And he was in the puddle jumpers that go around his arms right here and around his chest. And that little dude would like run down the riverbank, get in the middle of the river, pop his little feet up and the dude, he would just take off down the river. <laughs> he would just float and he was having a great time. And everybody looking around is like, there's a baby. 
with no grownups. Like, where is this baby's parents? And I was like running down the riverbank to try to catch him. And, and he'd finally get out and he'd run down and go back down, do it again. But he would jump, so I'd invite and just plop his feet up and just go. So I wanna invite you today into that picture of a baby Bradley in the middle of the river, just pick your feet up and let the current take you. In fact, the Bible says that to enter the kingdom of heaven, we have to become like little children. And I read here it has for us, all that picture of baby Bradley, just, hey, here's the river of life that the Holy Spirit has for us. It's beyond the ankle or the knee or the waist. It's, you can fully swim in it. You can just get out there and you can trust all that God has for you. You can trust him and be filled with the Holy Spirit and live a spirit-filled life, fully immersed and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Just letting go and cruising in that current with the Holy Spirit. And this, this prophetic picture in Ezekiel continues in verse nine and it says, there were swarms of living creatures. It says swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. That, that where the river is, it's a sign of life. It says there will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Your marriage will live. Your children will spiritually live. Wherever the river goes, life goes with it. And maybe your own spiritual life doesn't really feel like it's living. A spirit-filled life, if we would get under the right kind of influence, a spirit-filled life, it's living. And wherever you go, you get to take that with you. God will use you in your workplace. He will use you in your school. He will use you in your neighborhood because where you go, the life goes with it. Zach Brown has an interesting line in one of his songs. And I don't think he's wrong. And this is one of the lines from a song. I'm not gonna sing it to you because I really do care about you and I care about your ears. I'm not the one to sing to you. Zach Brown's lyric says this. It says, when you lose yourself, you'll find the key to paradise. And I don't think he's wrong. I think he's actually onto something. When you lose yourself, you'll find the key to paradise. Except that I think he's wrong because the answer is not in being under the influence of alcohol. That's not the kind of influence we need to be under because that kind will ruin your life. But living under the influence of the Holy Spirit gives life. It's life giving. This is what we're invited into is a life of more with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So to live a life filled with the Spirit, remove barriers. Maybe that includes repenting. Ask him to fill you. That was the second thing. Ask him to fill you with all that he used you. Because he has gifts he wants to give you. He wants to speak through you and move through you and use you. Ask him for all that he has for you. And that's actually an actionable step you can take today during our response time. You can come up here and pray with somebody and ask him for all that he has for you. And then the third thing is to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit an intimate friendship. The the Holy Spirit, the definition of that is this picture of a helper, a helper where you pick up one side of something heavy and he's there to pick up the other side. You're here to try to guide your kids in truth and the ways of Jesus. You're trying to pick that up. The Holy Spirit will give you the words you need. He's over here picking up the other side. You're trying to make it through marriage and you don't know how you're gonna get to tomorrow. You're trying to pick this thing up. The Holy Spirit, the helper, he's on the other side there to pick it up with you an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit where, where, you, where He steps, you step. Where you go, He goes. He's with you at work. 
He's with you in in your parenting. He's with you in your job choices. He's with you as you navigate finances. He's with you. An intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this in the message translation. It says, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. What a greeting, right? The amazing grace of Jesus. The amazing grace that found me at my worst, that in his sovereignty raised me back to life. The grace of Jesus that forgives me the grace of Jesus that died on the cross for my sins, the grace of Jesus whose blood was shed for me. And we have communion up here in both of these baskets at these tables. And in our response time, we invite you to come down and take communion to celebrate this amazing grace that we can receive for free, that was freely given to us. This is the amazing grace of Jesus. And then it describes the extravagant love of the Father. The extravagant love of the Father was so extravagant that He gave us His Son, Jesus. That's the extravagant love of the Father and then the intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. I believe that nothing will change your life more than being filled with the Holy Spirit, guiding you, walking with you in your everyday life. So as we move into our response time, we're gonna have our prayer partners come up and we have communion available here for you. I wanna invite each of you to take a step today to take a step today, to come up here with a prayer partner. And maybe that first step is to actually surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never made that moment to say, Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and you are my Lord. You make that moment of confession of receiving Jesus. Maybe that's what you can come down and pray with a prayer partner today. Maybe you can take communion. Maybe you can pray for the first time to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And they will pray that with you. Maybe your prayer time is you're gonna come down and you're gonna be refilled again. Just that reconnection, say, I've been under the influence of a lot of other things. And these other things have had power over me. They've been influencing me. And I'm deciding today that I'm going to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be the power of the Holy Spirit filling me. Come down for prayer today. If you're going through something in life and you need God's grace to empower you to get through it, whatever it is you're facing, you can come down for prayer today. Wherever you are, take a step forward in your faith today. If you would go ahead and stand, I'm going to pray with you. And then the band is going to lead us in the song. And the song is all about surrender. And it's this picture of a baby Bradley. It's this picture of a baby Bradley with his feet kicked up in the river, just letting the river take him. He doesn't have any concerns. He doesn't have any cares. He's just going where, where the river flows, completely surrender. So if you're comfortable as an act of surrender, would you just lift your hands and just start to pray with your own words? You can pray in your heart. Just make that confession. Jesus, that Jesus, I surrender to all that you have for me. God, if I've had unbelief, I repent for that unbelief. God, if I've, if I've rejected the Holy Spirit or I've been apathetic about the Holy Spirit, Lord, I repent for those things. And Lord, I just ask that you give us all, all that you have for us. God, as people come down in the, as an act of faith to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, God, would you meet them right where they are? God, would you give us all that you have for us? Whatever. God, would you give us the courage to step out in obedience and pray what, whatever needs to be prayed? Lord, we thank you that there is more available to us. God, we thank you that, that you desire us to have a close, intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit, that we don't have to live life on our own, that your spirit can live inside of us, empowering us to do what we can't do on our own because God, we don't wanna do it by might. We don't wanna do it by power, but God, we need your spirit 
moving in us. Lord, we're surrendered to you today. God, we surrender our, our thoughts. God, we surrender our control. God, we surrender our pride. God, whatever you wanna do in us, would you do it this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing mystory@thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.